This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I forgot to tell you, I asked Tracy to come see a house with me on Thursday. That sounds promising. Well... It needs a ton of work. I actually asked her to come because I'm hoping that she'll talk me out of it. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, sane, or more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living outside of LA and Ojai. And with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career in friendship and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about podcasting. We get lots of questions from aspiring podcasters about how we make happier in Hollywood and about what makes a good podcast. So today we will discuss. We'll also go behind the episode and talk about this week's Fantasy Island episode, Once Upon a Time in Havana. And finally, this week's Hollywood hack is actually an Ojai hack, but it applies to everyone everywhere. Yes, but Sarah, before we dive in, we want to tell everyone about a podcast hosted by Rosalind Sanchez, who plays Elena Rourke on Fantasy Island. She's incredibly charming and fun and funny. And um, we recently discovered that she hosts a podcast with her husband, Eric Winter, who's also an actor. He is on The Rookie, for any Rookie fans out there. And their podcast is called He Said Ella Dija, which is She Said in Spanish. Yes. And the description is... This is He Said, She Said, Like You Won't Believe. Singer, dancer, actress, and Latina superstar, Rosaline Sanchez. I'm trying to pronounce it in the, the, the correct, fabulous way. Is quirky, fiery, and sassy. She met her match with straight-laced type A perfectionist actor Eric Winter. Aries and Cancer do not make the perfect match, but they are fighting the signs and have been together for 15 years. When they say opposites attract, they were describing Rosaline and Eric. Who will win? Who will back down? We're here for it. Oh my God, so fun. So fun. They're so fun together. And I wanted to mention, Sarah, that Odette and Dave Annable, who played a married couple on the second episode of Fantasy Island, who swapped each other's bodies, are guests. So if you want to hear about that, tune in to uh, He Said Ella Dija. Yes. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's podcasting. 
Lately, we have been talking a lot about Fantasy (laughs) Island and the process of making a show and being in Puerto Rico and all of those things. But we are not just TV writers. We are also podcasters. Yes, we are. And we get a lot of questions about making a podcast. So we should say, Liz, we did go behind the podcast curtain once before in episode 34, which was now a lo- almost 200 episodes ago. Yes. Um, so definitely go back and listen to that if you want even more podcast talk. But we've been talking lately about our process as podcasters and things we want to do and where we want to go. And one of the things we want to do is do a podcast retreat. Yes, a two-person retreat with the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe at the Ojai Valley Inn, for example. Yes. That's what I have my eye on. <laughs> Yeah, so we're planning to get together and just spend a whole day, maybe two, just talking about Happier in Hollywood, putting all Fantasy Island thoughts aside and just talking about the podcast and making plans for what we want to do this year. People we want to have on. Yes, who we would like to have on, what meetups we can do, all of all of our podcast-focused discussion But before we do that, we thought it was a good time to share sort of the podcast architecture that we think works. So, I mean, this is our opinion. If you are out there and you're thinking of starting a podcast, and we know many of you are, um, here are just some things to consider. Yes. And the, the first one, of course, is do you have something to say? I think one of the things that we find frustrating when we turn on a podcast is a podcast that just seems to amble without purpose. Yes. Sarah, for years, you and I had all sorts of opinions on Hollywood and what (laughs) we think, how we think things should be done. Yes. So when um, the idea came for us to start a podcast, we knew we had many things we wanted to share. (laughs) And because our job is always changing, we also always have new things that we're learning and new things to share. Yes. Now, one thing that I am a huge fan of, and not everyone is, I am a huge fan of segments. I just think it really helps when I'm listening to a podcast and certainly when we're planning a podcast to have segments to move through. And I like having rotating segments where some are the same every week, like we always have a from the treadmill desk of, mm-hmm. but other segments rotate. I just, to me, it keeps it fresh, both when I'm listening to a podcast and when we're planning a podcast. Um, Another Round is a podcast that was great with their segments. And I think even if you're starting a podcast that's just you with one other person, you know, an interview podcast, you can still do segments within that and sort of keep it moving. Like Aisha Taylor, in her podcast, she always ended it with self-inflicted wounds, which I thought was (laughs) a great segment title. And she would ask her guests, like, what self-inflicted wounds have you had? And uh, the audience could learn from that. Oh, that's fascinating. No, it's interesting that you phrased it as podcast architecture, because we are huge fans of structure. Yes. Just willy-nilly writing for television doesn't work. We need to have structure. It's part of what makes a story work. So I think naturally we lean toward having segments and having a structure to a podcast, even if it's loose and flexible, it still has uh, something, you know, to hold it up, a skeleton to keep it together. Yes. And then you also want to think about how what you're saying applies to other people. Now, you may have a very niche podcast like about knitting. And now 
that's just for knitters. You know, you don't need to think about how yarn applies to people who aren't interested in yarn. <laughs> Although I'm sure there are ways that we could we could think of. As a knitter, I could I think I could do that. I just would like uh, to state that for the record. But you want to get outside of your own head and think from a distance and think about how what you're saying applies to people in other fields or, you know, in other areas. Right. Like we, of course, want people who write for television and work in television to listen to Happier in Hollywood. But we don't want only those people to be able to glean entertainment or information from this podcast. We definitely want to be able to speak to a larger audience and just sort of larger human issues, not just our, our own little tiny world. Yes. And the truth is, like, w- the more we do this, the more I realize how universal it all is. Mm. Um, I mean, even when we talked about something as specific as what are the roles in the writer's room, our, our segment about the boulder pushers, you know, so yes. you're either pushing the boulder up the hill, you're sitting on the boulder, you're pushing it down the hill. We heard from so many people who said, oh, yes, that's exactly how my workplace is, too. And yes. that, to me, I thought was very specific to television writers. But no. (laughs) There are boulder pushers and boulder sitters all over the globe. Yes. And then another thing is we like to be consistent, as we talked about, with structure, but we also want to be open to change. So, for example, we recently added our Behind the Episode segment, um, which we'll have throughout the airing of Fantasy Island. We also added an Amplify segment a few months ago. We don't want to be so stuck in our ways that we're not open to new things. Well, yeah, and as we evolve as people, as our career evolves, as the podcast evolves, just things come up that we want to share. Like, for instance, with this Behind the Episodes segment, we've just had so much interest from people about the making of Fantasy Island that it just seemed like a great opportunity to share some fun tidbits about these different episodes that don't fit in anywhere else. Yes. And I also have to say, we are getting so many emails, like more than ever, about the show and responses to the show and particular episodes that it, I agree, it does feel like there's an appetite to hear just a little bit more about them. Yes, absolutely. Which is cool. And thank you for your emails. We really yes. love to get them. I mean, Sarah, we like when possible to have action items. And this is something that Gretchen and I are very aware of on Happier with Gretchen Rubin, of course. But you and I also, when possible, like to have action items. We don't like to just sort of ponder a subject. We like to have something to take away, whether it's something for us to take away and do as an action item because we're struggling with, you know, how to take criticism or something like that. Or if it's something we're sharing with others that we've learned, we're hoping to give them something to do to take away. So we we think about, okay, how this is a problem. How can we fix it? Or if it's something like how to pitch, you know, that's all action item. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And this is sort of adjacent to action items, I would say, which is we try not to banter aimlessly. Like we have a dynamic because we're friends and we've known each other for so long. So there, I think, is a looseness to our conversation, but we don't want to just be like, quipping to be quippy. I find that super tedious and really annoying. Aimlessness and just sort of like quippy banter is generally not something we like. 
I agree 100%. Uh, Gretchen and I always say, beware banter. (laughs) And I, yes, there are podcasts. I would be very interested if I could get past the aimless banter, but I just can't. (laughs) The other thing that I think is really helpful if you're starting a podcast is figure out how long you want it to be and sort of stick to that. Yeah. We like ours to be a half an hour under. Now, if we have a really special episode, um, it can be longer. But in general, we keep it under 30 minutes. And I think it just gives an added discipline. Again, it I think that helps the aimless banter when you know you're not going to just put up something that's an hour and 45 minutes. Right. And so maybe your podcast is half an hour. Maybe it's an hour. Maybe it's five minutes. I mean, you know, Chris Gilliba with Side Hustle School does 10-minute daily podcasts that are fantastic. It's just how long does your podcast need to be? what's its best length and make it that length. Yes. I remember seeing on a Facebook group, someone was saying, um, my podcast is usually about an hour and a half to two hours. And is that too long? And I, I'm looking at Liz's face because we can see each other yeah. as we record. <laughs> and I had the exact same reaction, which was, oh, God, yes, that's too long. Like, yes. rein it in. <laughs> yes, yes. And Sarah also, I mean, I think another thing is... Eh, God, this is the advice for everything at all times, but, you know, be yourself. Yeah. Keep it authentic. And then, of course, as with all things, you get out of it what you put into it. Yes. And I mean, thus our podcast retreat. We want to keep focused on it. We don't want to, you know, it's not something you ever want to go on autopilot. A podcast like a TV show needs a fresh infusion of energy like every week and every season, every year. And we find, Sarah, the more that we spend time thinking about questions, for instance, when we're going to have a guest, the better our interview. Although, Sarah, can I have just like a side little um, (laughs) interview hack for people, bonus interview hack? When interviewing, you really want to make sure you listen to the guest and respond. You don't just want to be so focused on your next question that you're not listening and responding and keeping a natural flow of conversation going. I mean, I think interviewing people to me is one of the skills that I most want to improve and that I most admire in others because I think a great interview is, you know, a work of art. It is. It's why Oprah is Oprah and why there's only one of her. Yes. And I will say (laughs) Howard Stern is the other master of the interview. Uh, Anybody who wants to learn how to interview, watch Oprah and and listen to Howard Stern, and you will have two great teachers. And then, of course, for podcasters, we also recommend Kristen Meinzer's book, So You Want to Start a Podcast. Yes. Very helpful book. Um, And Sarah, because we always like to uh, make it universal, as we just discussed, I do think if you're starting any kind of business, any kind of endeavor, like stop and ask yourself like these kinds of questions that we're talking about. Mm, Yeah. Because it may not be these exact questions or these, you know, your, you know, your flower business may not have segments, but think about the architecture of it and how you want to go forward and give yourself that because it is extremely helpful. Yes. Okay. Next up, we go behind the episode of Fantasy Island this week, but first this break.
Okay, Liz, it's time for Behind the Episode, where we go behind the scenes of this week's Fantasy Island episode. And this week, the episode was Once Upon a Time in Havana, written by the amazing Daylin Rodriguez and directed by the incredible Laura Belsey. Yes. And Sarah, I wanted to mention to people that Daylin is the showrunner of a show called Queen of the South, which has been on several seasons and it's recently become available on Netflix and all over Facebook. I've seen people who are binging it. So just a shout out to Queen of the South. Definitely check that out. Yes. And Daylin is someone who, I mean, we just think she's amazing and we wanted to work with her forever. She's just so delightful as a human being and also obviously super talented. So we were, I mean, beyond thrilled when she agreed to do an episode. Um, And this episode is so perfect for her. Yes, because she's Cuban-American and we wanted to, to do an episode set in Havana in the 60s. And Daylin has a very strong interest in that time period in Havana. So she was all over it, which was fantastic. Sarah, we'd wanted to do this episode partly because old San Juan in Puerto Rico looks a lot like Havana. So we knew we could do a great period episode and really have high production value. And I think we succeeded. We certainly did. (laughs) Thanks to Laura Belsey and our amazing uh, production team. Yes. Now, one thing that I thought would be fun to share with listeners is that, you know, we talk about how much stories change, how much rewriting we do, how we're always pivoting on stories and all of that. But I think sometimes it's hard to really understand what we mean (laughs) if you haven't been in, you know, the meat grinder with us. So just to tell people, this story originally was conceived as the son of an ex-CIA agent going back in time to meet his dad as a young man um, (laughs) to find out whether or not his dad was actually a corrupt CIA agent. And it ended up as a 25-year-old young Cuban-American woman who wants to be a drummer and is not getting along with her mother (laughs) Going back in time and playing music with her grandfather in a nightclub. And other things happen, of course. But it's just funny, like, that's how far away we can get from an original story while still it being what we would call the same episode. Yes, right. It's still a generational story. It's still uncovering family history. It's just, it's a woman instead of a man. It's a drummer, Instead of a CIA agent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Things evolve. Things evolve. Another couple of fun things is that we did a lot of local casting. So one thing I don't know for how much we've discussed on the podcast is that for Fantasy Island, we both fly in actors from L.A., New York, mostly L.A., but L.A., New York, Miami, Atlanta, And we also had a local casting director, Bonnie, who would cast roles in Puerto Rico. And for this episode in particular, we had a lot of local casting and the actors were phenomenal. Extraordinary. I think uh, Gigi Zambato, who played Alma, was not local. We flew her in from L.A. Yes. But Hector Rivera, who plays Tino, the the grandfather, but we meet him when he's young and charming and ridiculously handsome. Hector was just, I mean, truly incredible. I think he lights up the screen. Adam Irigoyen plays Raul, Tino's brother. 
And then, of course, we had Modesto Lawson, who is a friend of Rosalind's. She was like, I love this guy. You should totally look at him. He would be so great. And he's just wonderful. Yes. So it was fun because I think we all love Puerto Rico so much and shooting there. And so having the cast really from Puerto Rico for this particular episode just made it even that much more fun. Yes. And then when you say, Liz, that this was probably our most challenging episode production-wise? Absolutely, because not only was it period, so there, right there you're talking about costumes. Every costume has to be period, so that is challenging. The cars, all of it has to be period. Also add into that, we had several music numbers. People playing music, we had to have songs ready. One of our actresses was singing. I mean, it was a to-do. It was big. And of course, Crowd scenes are always complicated and difficult, but having a crowd scene during COVID is extra complicated and difficult and requires all kinds of layers of preparation. So that alone for the, for the scenes at the club at El Rincon was just like a monster. Yes. So, I mean, hats off to the production team on this one and to our director, as we mentioned, Laura Belsey. It really looks amazing. I think everybody was really proud of this episode. It's beautiful and emotional and entertaining. And I mean, I think one of the really fun things about the show is that we get to do these time traveling episodes. So hopefully if we have a season two, we'll, we'll go explore other times and other places. Yes. And then the other thing that I love about this episode is we get to stay on the island and we meet Segundo, who's the caretaker of the island, both literally and metaphorically. And Ruby has a really lovely story with him. And Daniel Lugo, who plays Segundo, is just, I mean, he's hilarious, first of all. And I think with every episode, he gets more hilarious. Yes, he is a revered Puerto Rican actor. So it's really fun to see him. And then, of course, we also meet Dr. Gina in this episode. Yes, we do. Reappear in the future episodes. Stay tuned. Coming up, Sarah has a hack that is a true life changer. You stick around for this. But first, this break. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack. I am beyond fascinated with this hack, um, which you came up with very recently. Go as yourself. Tell us what this means. Okay, so we just moved to Ojai. Yesterday, we had the very first school event for Violet. It was the first time we'd been on campus because her interview was on Zoom. We were in Minnesota. We've driven by, but we literally have never been on campus. We've never met anyone in person associated with our new school. And that's a little anxiety provoking. Yes. And yesterday as I was getting ready, I was like, okay, I'm going to color my hair. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to wear this. I'm going to wear that. What bag? What this? What that? And then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go as myself. Radical. Well, isn't it sad that that's radical? But yes, it felt (laughs) really radical. So then I was just like, you know what? I don't feel like coloring my hair. I'm just going to like curly it up with a diffuser and go as I am. And I wore clothes that were cute but comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I put my phone in my back pocket and I didn't bring a bag at all. There was none of that like 
what kind of bag is associated with this school? Do yes. I need a, you know, a Goyard bag? Do I need a, yes. a, a you know, an earthy backpack? Do I need, like, yes. none of that. It was just like, I'm putting my phone in my pocket and I'm not going to worry about it. And I have to say it was such a relief. Yes. It's kind of like after Violet got her hair cut, <laughs> you know, she cut off all her long yeah. hair and got her super cute pixie cut. And she said, I've never felt more like me. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go as me, not as whatever I f- usually feel like I have to present as. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice. And I have to say, we had the most amazing time and we met really great people and Violet made a new friend and I made a new friend. It just felt like a very organic, authentic experience, which is a great way to start at a new school. Yes. What I find so great about this, Sarah, is... Two things. One, I feel like part of the whole reason you wanted to move to Ojai was just to breathe and be yourself. (laughs) And so you're doing that. And then two, that in going as yourself, you actually presented your best self. And therefore, had the most connections and the best time and the best experience. And that is, again, I mean, we always say, like, lessons we have to learn over and over again. But, like, when you told me this, I was just, like, mind blown, you know? It would never occur to me to do that, to just be like, (laughs) oh, well. I'm going to go as myself. But once you said it and then explained your experience, I was like, and and maybe it's a post-pandemic thing, too. I think many people are just wanting to show up as themselves in a way they didn't before, partly because even in our work lives, many of us like have had our kind of home life in, intrude because dogs are yeah. barking, kids are coming <laughs> in, husbands are walking by. So I think yeah. in a way there's like, as we've discussed, some walls have come down and like people are more just being themselves. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think it's great advice that you have for us all. Yeah. And well, and it helped in the experience of it as well, not just as I prepared for it, but as we're there, we're in this new space, we don't know anyone. There were moments when I was just kind of standing by myself with a cup of water trying to figure out if I could help facilitate something for Violet or if I should just be there. And even in those moments, it was like, okay, I'm here at a place where I don't know anyone standing by myself for a minute. And that's Mm -hmm. cool. And, oh, there's a person that I can talk to. That's cool. And, you know, it just made everything so much less stressful to be like, okay, I'm here as me. Take take it or leave it. And when you're there as you, I mean, you know what you would say. So, you know, it's easier to interact with people. You're not trying to put on some sort of facade. Yeah. So I love this. Um, I really want to know if our listeners do this, or if you do this, if you find this hard to do, which I think a lot of us do find it hard not to have that facade at times. So email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com and tell us how going as yourself works. Are you going to try it? Do you always go as yourself? Do you think we're crazy that this seems like a radical notion? (laughs) We want to hear. If so, I admire you greatly. It only took me 50 (laughs) years to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. 
Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and to everyone at Sencola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sencola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at sfain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have the best Facebook group ever. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we do <laughs> enjoy it. Sarah, in um, talking about the podcast, we forgot to mention the most important thing, which is have an amazing producer like Chuck who can make you sound better than you sound. Especially these last couple of weeks as I'm like hacking my way (laughs) through every segment. (laughs) Yes. um, For people who are editing it themselves, they would do well to uh, study Chuck's techniques. Yes. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck, a.k.a. Elvis, a.k.a. Elvis. From the Onward Project.